and I think that might be part of the problem because last year we were able to just share the video and then, you know, we could put that on a page and everyone who saw it could then vote for it, but that it doesn't, it's not working that way this year. So we'll have to play by their rules. And hmm? You can? Oh, does it? Okay. Well, there you go. You don't have to like Interest Financial <laughs> if you don't want to. Yeah. Well, then you need to be here Saturday. We can fix the stress. You know, that's it. You know, go out, deal with all the stress that this Facebook thing will uh, cause, and then you can come on Saturday and just de-stress, and it'll all work out. I um, also wanted to take a few moments. Renee, come up here. We wanted to uh, take a couple of moments today, and... Um, and just pay honor to Renee because a while back she made a decision that it felt like it was time for her to step away from leading worship. And it wasn't a decision, and I know that she would tell you this, that, that came lightly or quickly. It was something that she had pondered about and prayed about and really, you know, contemplated, I guess, meditated over for quite a while. And then came to me and said, you know, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And what's kind of interesting about that was almost as soon, within probably a week of you, two days of her telling me this, she gets this call that ultimately leads to her uh, being on a worship team that went down to Bolivia for about a week. Um, and, le and not leading, but being part of this team as they did worship for this conference that was going on down there. Yeah, and it was a vineyard. It was a vineyard conference. So, it was just such an affirmation that right away, you know, when you're obedient to what God wants you to do, then you know something out. And, and you know, of course, it doesn't always happen this way, but in this case, for her, that's the way it worked out. And so um, we didn't. So part of the why we're doing this now is that um, after her last Sunday of leading, uh, she went down there, and well, no, you went to like your all these different places. So she was gone for like a month. And so now we finally, I think, have gotten her back here for uh, a while. And so we just wanted to take uh, the opportunity today to say thank you. This is from the church. And uh, we just so appreciate everything that you've done and, and not what I know what you're going to be doing in the future because we are not letting you go anywhere. Um, <laughs> So we're, we're excited to, you know, kind of see what direction God's going to lead you in next. And uh, just wanted to bless you today and say thank you for all that you gave uh, over the years. And um, we're excited to see whatever God's going to do in your life next. It's been my honor. Do you want to say anything?
Okay. Have you ever had one of those times when uh, you're in the midst of something and, you know, you have no idea what's going to come next? That's exactly where I am right now. <laughs> right this very second. I am working without a net today, people. Uh, <laughs> so the way this goes is that, uh, you know, normally I work ahead, and I, I was kind of caught up, so I had some options as far as what I might do next for a message. And nothing would work. I mean, I tried different, different subjects and, you know, different thoughts and different scriptures, and nothing would work. It was sort of like, you know, when you're trying to start a fire and you just can't get any kind of a spark at all to sort of help it to, to go. So for me, that has always been a, a sign from the Lord that I'll just, you know, don't, don't try to make something happen. And that it's kind of interesting because that's sort of exactly what Josh's prayer was about today was about, you know, when we try to take something into our own hands and force something to happen. And so I kept getting this sense, don't do that, don't do that. Well, <laughs> if you know me at all, you, you can't imagine what an uncomfortable position that is for me. To come here on Sunday morning with nothing, you know, ready to go. Um, but the weird thing was I've just been, had this real peace about it. Um, and it, that part's been sort of cool. And so I think in many respects, it's been a lesson for me in trusting God. And I think it's also supposed to be a lesson for you. Uh, and that how well you learn the lesson may depend on how this goes today. <laughs> if this goes really poorly, you're going to be like, no, I'm not waiting on God. Not if that's what happens at the end. Um, but I'm sort of convinced that's probably not what's going to happen. Um, and so I felt like, you know, you can't, you can't stand up here and preach to people and tell them that when things are difficult or when they don't know what's going on, that they should wait on the Lord if you're not willing to. So I felt like I needed to be willing to. So I have a question, first of all, and then I, uh, what I think maybe God has me to share today. But... Uh, first of all, does anybody else feel any kind of a burden about something that they're supposed to share? That was the first question that came to my mind. And, you know, if, if you don't, that's fine. Who's you do? All right. Yeah, you can come right on up here. Well, I don't know if, if I'm doing the right thing here, but when you're talking about coming up here and, and um, speaking without a plan, I'm the same way. I've been a youth director at uh, Hunton Baptist Church for almost two years now, and, um, you know, for a while um, I felt like the Lord was, you know, calling me a different direction, and uh, it got frustrating because I didn't really know what was going to happen when I did leave or if I was supposed to leave or uh, it was kind of a back and forth type of thing, and uh, anyways, uh, of course, I inevitably ended up here, which has been awesome, and uh, I ended up getting a job, um, you know, right away after I made the decision to 
to leave there. Um, and, you know, it's scary sometimes because, you know, you feel like you're being called a certain direction, but, um, you know, your, your mind's telling you one thing, your heart's telling you something else. Uh, God's telling you something. And um, I think it's like Jeff is saying here, it's very important for you to just follow what God um, is leading you to do because um, if you don't, you know, you're not going to end up in the right path in the right direction. And um, there's been many of those times in my life and almost every time, you know, God may, you know, leave you hanging for a second to teach you something or to um, reveal something, but inevitably whenever you decide to follow his will, no matter how scary, no matter how, you know, deep the water may be, um, he will always guide you in the right direction and uh, he will open up doors and you'll be amazed at the things that uh, he'll do for you. And Jeff, I'm in the same position. I've, you know, got two or three more weeks to teach um, my youth group. I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to talk about tonight. Um, it's been kind of a busy couple of weeks, and um, I think I'm actually going to steal your message and just, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, that's where faith comes in. You know, you have faith in God, and, uh, you know, you go into it with that, and, you know, he'll do some, some amazing things. So I have no doubt that your sermon today is just going to be rock solid. Thank you. What are you talking about? That was my sermon. <laughs> you just did it. Thanks, by the way. Um, that Actually, that was very good. Thank you uh, for sharing that. And I think it also was good from the standpoint it gave folks uh, maybe a chance to get to know you a little better as well. So. Anybody else? Just really feels like up there. Okay, come. I'm sorry, you look familiar, but I can't remember your name. My name's Caroline. Caroline. And I've only been here about two years. I have to uh, tell everyone how precious, merciful, and powerful our Lord Jesus is. Um, this is like my fourth time here, and the first time I came, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and um, I came that time with my brother. My brother had found out about this place through his pastor who recommended this place because I live in Ashland. And so I came, and uh, the very first time, I, I, th I don't know your name, Andre, uh, came over to me, and I just told him I have to go in, I have a brain tumor. And he immediately prayed over me. And um, I felt so much better and so much at peace because I love the Lord. And I knew I was in his hands, but it's still a scary thing. 
and um, the doctor had told me that it was very large and uh, he said that if it had been caught when it was smaller, that 75% of the risk would have been eliminated. And uh, so I knew I was in trouble. So I said to him, well, I says, I got a lot of praying to do. So he says, and he's at his desk, and I'll never forget, he looked up and he says, me too. And I knew then it was serious because I've never heard a doctor say that. He was, you know, something like that. And uh, so he said, if, you know, providing, you know, I made it through the surgery. His, he, he had, um, he was worried about the risk to my left side that I would be paralyzed. And uh, so the day before the surgery, my brother came here alone and he came back home and he said, Caroline, he says, I stood in proxy for you. He says, and they prayed over me. He says, and he says, he says, you're going to be, God's going to get you through this. And uh, I knew he would, and I wanted him to get all the praise and the glory. And uh, at my, I go to uh, American Family Fitness Zumba class, and uh, they had set up a charity um, class for me that day. And so I went on the platform, and... Um, now, I didn't know how many of them were believers or, or anything, but it's like there was, I just had to give God the glory. And I told them, I says, I trust my God. I says, and I know I'm going to be back. I says, better than ever. And uh, I, the, the blessed part was that I didn't realize so many people came up to me that were believers and started praying over me. And one of the instructors, I didn't even know who he was, he came over to me and he comes over and he says, uh, um, he says, I understand you're a believer. And I says, oh yeah. I says, I couldn't imagine getting through life without him. And he just, in, in the gym, in, right in front of the gym, he started praying over me. And it, it was just miraculous, you know. And people were saying uh, on Facebook and everything, uh, they t uh, were talking about it and saying, you know, her faith is so inspiring. And, uh, well, the miracle was, which really blew everybody's mind, is that... The surgery, of course, I'm a mess. You know, my head, <laughs> I have no, it was uh, uh, no hair or anything. But, uh, and the scar and all, and when I looked at it afterwards and I realized what they had to do, I had these big staples all in my head. And uh, uh, it's a good thing I didn't know before I would have gotten scared, more scared, because they have to actually cut the, the scalp, then they have to go in and break the skull, take it pieces out, 
and uh, to get down into the brain. And, uh, but with the all the prayers that were going up for me and that God would, act, that God actually did the surgery, you know, he would direct them. It was, I didn't just come through it, but I don't remember anything in ICU, but the next day, uh, I was ready to walk. I was ready. So the nurse says, say, no, 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 you can't yet. You can't. You can't do anything yet. Finally, they called the rehab nurse, and they, she walked down the hall with me, and she's going, this is something. She goes, and here I'm seeing, because uh, I was in the um, neurosurge uh, neurology section, and I'm seeing these other poor people like this man with a walk and he couldn't even move this leg like, you know. And I felt so blessed. And of course, I started praying for that poor man. <laughs> and uh, so then I, she says, do you think you can do the stairs? So I says, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, this was the second day after the surgery. And uh, so she, you know, she's got me like this and she's because I'm coming down the stairs, and so she's there thinking I might trip or fall. And I go up, d down, I come up. So she looks at me, and she says, I'm going to tell the doctor. She says, I don't see why you can't go home. <laughs> <laughs> so I was home. I mean, the second day, they released me. And I just want to give all the praise and the glory to my faithful, wonderful Savior. I mean, he's, no matter how many times we turn our back on him, he's always, always faithful. He's always there for us when we turn back to him. And, you know, I, I grieve because I know I've, I, Wasted so many years, I did turn away from him. You know, we think we can do it on our own, like you said. And boy, oh boy, you can't. You just mess up. <laughs> and I just want to thank him and praise him. And I thank him for this place. And I thank him for you, Pastor. Because as you was telling that... You know, you couldn't, you didn't, you had no preparation and you knew it was, and I'm sitting there and I'm saying, I know what that's for, that's for me, <laughs> because I'm supposed to come up and I've had this on my heart for a long time that I have to get back and tell all you wonderful people and Andre, who was the first one who prayed over me, how precious and what a miracle-working God we have. There is nothing too hard for him. And that's the verse that kept coming to me, even when they had me going through the MRI and I was scared to death. I just kept saying, I am the Lord thy God. Is anything too hard for me? <laughs> Thank you all, and God bless you. One, uh, the one verse that God gave me this week that kind of stood out 
I'll get to here in a minute. But thank you, first of all, for sharing that. Um, you at least affirmed <laughs> what I thought I was hearing. Um, and some of you I know may wonder, well, why do we, why do we seem to stress this whole idea of, of, of healing and praying for healing so much? You know, why do we do that? Is that, you know, should we really be focusing on something else? Well, the verse that the Lord showed me as I was reading this week was from Romans. And it's Romans 15, verse, let's see, starting in verse 17. Just a couple of verses. It says, and this is Paul sort of at the end of the letter. Verse 16 is the end. So he's wrapping things up, right, as he's writing to the Romans. And he says, Therefore I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. What I want you to understand is the full proclamation of the gospel includes signs and wonders. That's what Paul's saying here, right? He says that he's talking to the Gentiles about the gospel, but he's also demonstrating the kingdom through signs and wonders. And that is the full, that is the gospel fully proclaimed. And so he says, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ is not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. So he goes on from there. But the thing that I really want you to catch is this idea that unless those two things go together and, and, all you have to do is read through the book of Acts to see that that's the model. That was the model for the growth of the early church. Signs and wonders, and then a, you know, once you have somebody's attention, then the gospel's presented. and Because they, they, at that point, they want to hear. Well, how did that happen? Right? You know, what a story, what a testimony Carolyn's got now. And what a, what a testimony, I think, to all of you. I mean, not just Andre, but there were obviously others involved as well uh, who prayed when her brother was here. You know, what a testimony you all have now of, of, to the, the healing power of God. I mean, I, last night I uh, was told of a story, or actually was told a story by a friend of ours, and... Um, it was sort of interesting because this friend, as it relates to healing, uh, this friend of Sally's and mine has a couple of things going against her. She's a nurse, so she's very analytical. You've probably run into these folks, I think. Uh, and so she believes in medicine and she believes in all that, but as far as anything that's kind of beyond science, it's a real struggle, right? Second thing is, she's Baptist. And so everything I just talked about pretty much doesn't exist in the Baptist church. At least it's in, in most of them. They just don't talk about that. Uh, 
that's not in their doctrine. So my friend has had a number of uh, physical issues, not the, the least of which was she had some problems with a hip and she had what was believed to be a torn rotator cuff in her shoulder. Could barely lift her arm up like this. Well, I won't go into all the details, but suffice it to say there was a, an opportunity and I had several people praying for her. And, and I was able to pray for her a little bit last night too. And um, she had, her arm got so much better that she had to go get an MRI just to figure out what was going on and there was no tear. And she can now get her arm. She's not completely healed yet, but she can now get her arm up like this. Whereas before, she could barely move it. It hurt so badly. So once again, it's this idea of the gospel fully proclaimed. And that's why we talk so much about it. That's why it's, you know, it's part of our values. You know, the whole idea of mission, about going out and doing, you know, obeying the words of Jesus, but doing the works of Jesus as well. And that means engaging in this ministry of, you know, now if you're uncomfortable with the idea or with, the, with calling it signs and wonders, that's okay. Just go pray for people. Let God take care of the other part, right? John, was there something that you wanted to share? In relation to that, when we, and this is where a lot of people go astray, when we look at a verse like that, but then we ignore it and we look at Paul's ministry, what do we see? How many miracles do we see Paul actually involved in in Scripture? Very few. Why? Because his focus was on teaching, but it was teaching based on the principle of signs and wonders. And so signs and wonders had become so common that they all went recorded. When Jesus, see, the signs that Jesus did were to show what? That he was the son of God. That's what it says in John, John 20. Many signs did Jesus that are not even written in the book that they may believe that he is the son of God. And it's not about having to believe that he's the son of God to get a miracle, but to receive a miracle to know that he's the son of God. And how often do we miss the opportunity to minister to somebody because we say, oh, but they may not be Christian. Well, then why pray? Because we're already doubting. And, and so we have to learn to accept the Lord's word. And what did he say? He said this. He said it is more expedient. And, and so I struggle when we talk, oh, waiting for Jesus to return again. I say, why? He's not, he hasn't left. He's, he's here. <laughs> but, but one of the things that Jesus said, he said, it is more expedient. It is far better for you that I go. Why? Because I will send the comforter to you, to you the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, you will do not only the works I did, but greater than these. Now we say we believe what Jesus said, but we ignore what he said. <laughs> because it's either, it doesn't occur to us. And I was on, on a forum doing some 
conversation backward and forward on Facebook. And I, I, I said, S many people don't want their view of Scripture challenged because they don't know very much Scripture, and so they're insecure. But then you go to the other extreme. Many people know far too much Scripture, but they don't know the Word. And so they're insecure. You ever met someone who's so intelligent, but you look at them and you think, that, that person's so insecure. I remember the story that one of my Bible school professors told me, told us in class. He said there was a time when, you know, people had no TV and, you know, all of this sort of stuff. So they'd go to the town hall because somebody would, would be had doing a recitation. And this guy came in, and he was a brilliant communicator. And someone said, so would you, you know, quote the 23rd Psalm? And so he did, so eloquently. You know, didn't miss a beat. And, and it was su such professional, you know, way of doing it. And everybody started to clap. And he said, okay, I know the 23rd Psalm. And he asked an, an old man to come up and he said, I want you to quote the 23rd Psalm. And he did. And there was silence. And this professional speaker said, see, I know the 23rd Psalm, but he knows the 23rd Shep. And we need to be in that place where we're so in tune, so sensitive, to the voice of the Spirit, that even in evangelism, we think, oh, I better go and tell somebody, you know, about Jesus. And because you're in, a, you're in a program, rather than listening to the voice of the Spirit. And we struggle because, well, I've, I've spoken to, you know, to many about Jesus and nothing's ever happened, but one day you get the lead, leading of the Spirit. when the spirit leads it's because the spirit's already in working on the person that he wants you to speak to you ever you ever heard of a, a, a couple get married and they want to have children and they try and they try and they try and they try finally they give up they say we're going to adopt they adopt they quit trying to have children within 12 months they're pregnant so we've got to stop trying just be led. Let him lead us. Sensitive to his voice. Because, see, one of the scriptures that says, talks about um, the, what's the word? Offending of the Holy Spirit. And we can't afford to do that. He's not going to push his way in. Is the dove, the, the, pictured as the dove, the gentle dove. And as we open our heart and let his voice speak to us and guide us, when he does that, everything we'll do will always bring fruit. It wasn't what I was going to say, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with it.
First of all, I want to, uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank each and every one of you for the expression of love that you have shown me, uh, especially with your card and your basket last week and uh, how sweet it was, how it spiritually impacted me and uh, showed me that as a body, uh, we're united in love. And uh, that's the attraction of this church to me, this family, because uh, as a body, we are love. And so what an encouragement it is to me to be a part of a family that is not afraid to reach out and express their love one to another, especially in the times of need. And uh, no matter what the situation or when uh, something physically might occur to me, I have the confidence knowing that I can come to this church and I can ask for prayer. Uh, the other night, Sunday night, I was having beginning of prayer, uh, chest pain. Uh, well, let me lead up to it. Most of you know I got, con I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. And uh, I have a heart efficiency rating of 15 to 20%. The average is 55 to 60%. So uh, it's not doing too good right now. And I've been put on common, uh, and oxygen until we can find what the problem is. So Wednesday, I go in because the doctor doesn't believe that the damaged valves are the extent uh, of what or comp comprised that much loss. So he's thinking I've probably got a, a blocked artery or two. And if it's not bad, then he'll stent it. If it's bad, then he would schedule me for uh, surgery, bypass. And he says, then again, it could be since you've had COPD for 12 years, your heart might just be worn out. And I like his analytical practicality. <laughs> I'll come right out and tell you. But he said, either way, it's treatable. But you know what? I've already know it's treatable because uh, I have a wonderful God, and her testimony just proves just how wonderful she is. And through the years, I have seen God use doctors as instruments to heal me, and then I've seen him apply instant healings onto me. He's an instrument. He uses people as an instrument of love, and to bring glory to his name. And we would be amiss if when God does that for us, that we did not share it with others. And so I'm going in Wednesday, and you can be sure. Everyone in there is going to know who my God is because he's been so wonderful to me. And it doesn't have to be uh, holding a Bible in your hand you know, just strike up a conversation with someone and God will use you as an instrument 
and to speak the right word at the right time. Thank you. Well, I think it's safe to say that we have created an expectancy uh, and a, um, this is a faith-filled place today based on what's been said. And so I, let me ask this. Is there anyone here who would be willing to capitalize on the expectancy of faith that is here and come for prayer for a healing of some nature? coming? Anybody else? Okay. We're getting, we're, we're, we're praying for people at the moment. So, George, come on. Andre's got it. And this coming forward y y is important because if you remember, there were is at least one time that I can remember, and there may have been others, where uh, people would come to Jesus, right? And sometimes he even asked them, do you want to be healed? Well, why did he do that? He wanted their buy-in. He wanted them to commit that that's what they wanted to have happen. And so what we are replicating by having people come forward in this instance is that same feeling, that same sense of, yes, I believe that this can happen, and I'm, I'm asking for it, in effect. Okay. So here's what I would like to do. Um, I'd like to get at least groups of three uh, with each one of these people. Um, and uh, we're just going to pray. And that's kind of how we're going to close the service. I had planned to do communion, but what I'm going to we'll do is we'll just leave it available here. And anybody that wants to take communion can come up and just tear a piece of bread. But I want to sort of end, because we have this air of expectancy and faith that, uh, that Caroline has fueled and that Richard has fueled. And, that, uh, and let's take advantage of that. Okay, and so come up and pray in faith. You don't have to have any kind of known gift of miracle working or anything like that. Just say, you know, he did it for Carolyn, he did it for Richard, he's going to do it for Maggie, he's going to do it for Darlene, and that's the only, you know, that's all you need. So could I have some folks to come up? If it doesn't matter today, doesn't matter if you've been through the Kingdom School or not. Just come and pray. Spread out if you need to.
Yeah, let me, uh, I'm just going to sort of pray a prayer to get us started. And so, Father, I thank you for uh, your presence here today. Lord, I just pray that you would be in each one of these groups. Make your presence known. Bring, let your healing come. In Jesus' name. 